Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. If you had your meals prepared for you and all the money in the world, and you just got to sit there and manage your thoughts one at a time, I still don't think you'd be able to do all of it. You'd just get tired, right? That takes a lot of attention. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. In the last episode, I shared a story about a delightful day I had at the beach and why getting to that point of peace required accepting that I had no control over the arising phenomenon that I experienced, like rain or even my initial frustration. Today, I want to help you take that practice of acceptance and apply it to the situations that arise in your life and in your business so that you can then focus on managing the things that you actually do have control over. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open up the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. So what would it be like to dwell inside this spontaneous arising phenomena? The realization that so much of our experience is not in our control, but then after it arises, that's where we can manage it. That's where you can manage yourself. That's where you can manage life. That's where you can manage people from this wonder, okay, so then that's happening. Still, half of the population of the US is reeling from the election of Trump. They're still in a no about it. And so, from that no place, they do a lot of railing against the other side. And how well is that working? Right? Have you heard about any Trump supporters that have gone, wow, you know what? You calling me stupid and calling Trump a fascist has woken me up to the truth. Thanks so much for sharing your opinion. His approval approval rating is at an all-time high. And so mostly, and there are exceptions, of course, but mostly the left is not rallying rallying against Trump or, or his supporters. They're rallying against reality. And then wondering why it's causing them so much suffering and not making a difference. Now, I'm not saying that people shouldn't express their views, that's fine. But if many people who are very active, you know, on Facebook and elsewhere, confrontative, I mean, really ask yourself how many times in your life have you vehemently expressed your opinion with someone and you thought they were wrong? And how often does that change their mind? Right? So if you know, it doesn't change their mind, then why are you doing it? Right? Because it can't be because you think you're going to change their mind. You have too much experience. You already know that's not the case. So why are you doing it? 
because you want to change the kind of experience you're having. I mean, it would be like yelling at the sky to get it to stop raining. It's no different. And if the rain did stop raining while you were yelling at it, it probably wouldn't be because of you the same way if the Trump voter changed their political views while you were talking with them. right? It probably wouldn't have much to do with you. They were probably ready to change their mind anyway. As is the case anytime you're changing anyone's mind, you know? Now, you may be the straw that breaks some kind of back. You may be the seed crystal that causes the solid to precipitate out, right? But if you're trying to change someone's mind or teach them something, if they get it, it's because they were ready to get it, right? Because, you know, 99% of what happened there was all the stuff that happened before, including your conversations with them before, their life experience, whatever. They were ready to get it. So if you have that as a frame, maybe you won't try to push so hard against reality because you'll be starting from accepting what is. Because the minute you put someone's defenses up and you're in some kind of heated argument, well, they're a whole lot less likely to take in what you're saying, right? Not more. We know this. So really, like anytime you're having an argument, you're not in reality. Because you're, you're, you're probably operating in a delusion that you're actually possibly going to make a difference from that place. When that's almost never the case, right? The same way arguing with yourself, right? Oh, there's that thought I'm having again about that fight I had 10 years ago. Man, I wish that thought would just go away. Good luck with that because you have no control over it. The challenge is trusting. And this is an example of what I think real faith is. It's a trust that if you give up controlling your experience, that things will turn out okay. Because all of us have exercised strong personal will to make our lives certain ways that we think will make us happy. And it does work to a degree. That's part of why it's so seductive. But then with it, we end up trying to control aspects of our experience that will not move. And then we end up in opposition to it. Depression is an example in my life. I worked on and tried to change my depression for basically my entire adult life and then some. I've struggled with depression. We even have this expression in, in, uh, in our society, struggling with depression. Well, some depression will respond to behavioral modification, thought modification. Uh, my, one of my best friends in uh, college was diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic and was very ill. And I remember talking to him years later and he said one of the things he learned to do was when he was having a thought that he evaluated as being delusional, he would just say, stop. And that was one of the things that psychiatrists taught him to do. And it worked insofar as it made him a more functional being because he was dysfunctional. I mean, he was a guy who jumped into a car and drove for 20 hours because he thought aliens were going to abduct him like that kind of stuff. So now when he recognizes those thoughts coming, he just says, stop. 
Now that works up to a point and it's good discernment, right? It's great that we're able to say that. But scientists estimate that we have about 50,000 thoughts a day. You can't manage them all at the level of thought like that. You can choose certain thoughts, certain themes you can be conscious of. I mean, if really, if, if you had your meals prepared for you and all the money in the world, you just got to sit there and manage your thoughts one at a time, I still don't think you'd be able to do all of it. You'd just get tired, right? That takes a lot of attention. So it's impossible to manage all of your thoughts at that level. So the alternative that is sort of a wholesale rather than retail one thought at a time approach is to realize that you're not your thoughts. I mean, really realize it. Then you don't have to manage them one by one by one because you don't reflexively believe everything you think because that's no longer who you are. But the price you pay for that, which is the movement from thrival to flow, by the way, the price you pay for that is you're going to lose control of your experience in ways that you can't predict. And that's where that trust, that faith comes in. And that's the movement of flow where you start to realize that actually, if when you let go in the right ways and the right places, life will take care of you. The founder of Aikido said, when you align yourself with the principles of the universe, it conspires to help you. When you walk the straight and narrow path, God watches over you. I'm sure in every religion, spirituality, philosophy, there's some version of that. When you're just with it, things are going to go okay. But the ego mind doesn't like that at all. So something maybe to ask yourself is, what aspect of your life have you been trying to change or has been bothering you? In what way have you not yet accepted it all the way? I'm not saying it shouldn't change. I'm not saying you shouldn't try to change it. I'm just saying it could be that the first movement, because change always begins with a yes and ends with a no, if it ends with a no, but it has to begin with a yes. But if you haven't met that with a yes, and that yes could be, yes, this pain is actually good for me. Or, yes, this cash flow difficulty is instructive because I haven't been paying attention to it. Or, yes, I'm closing the store because it wasn't profitable and was something my ego was holding on to. Or, yes, this divorce makes sense because our preconceived notions of each other were delusions from the start and there's just not enough to keep this relationship alive. Or, whatever that yes is. Or, yes, Half the population voted for this guy to lead us, and he's representing them perfectly. Yes, he won the election. That's the yes. No, he didn't win the electoral college. He did win the electoral college and not the popular vote. Yes, and the electoral college is the system. So, yes, 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 yes. That's the, and you know, when people say, well, I support the president because he's the president, the truth in that is, get with the reality of he's president. And, you know, a reasonable meta is like, we have no idea what the usefulness of this may be. 
it could create an enormous backlash to set up somebody like Elizabeth Warren or Oprah or Michelle Obama or, you know, something that would never have gone over before. The same way uh, George, George W. seemed to set up the stage for uh, Obama to be president for eight years. It's pretty significant. So the pendulum swings back and forth. So sure you are of what can and cannot be. So sure we are. We're, we're so sure of the kind of experience we should be having. You know, that's really what it comes down to. Something happens and we're like, ah, no, wrong experience. Well, what do you know? What do we know? So if, if in that moment you can just be like, okay, so now this is happening. Fascinating. I just spilled 10,000 gallons of water. Okay. Fascinating. Because, you know, another one of the delusional beliefs we have is we, we all want a life without problems, right? So if you have, a, if you want a life without problems, then every problem, it's not just a problem in content. It's a meta problem. See, there's another one of those problems that I want to get rid of all of them. <laughs> right? That's like wanting to live in a place where it never rains. Right? That problem can't be solved. You're crazy. You were delusional. You were, you were causing yourself suffering. To be alive is to have problems. So shift that frame. I didn't invent this, but shift the frame from I want to have no problems to I want to have good problems. I want to have problems I've got choices about. Like problem of where to invest my money. Great, great problem. Oh, it's hot out here. <laughs> yeah, that's a good problem. Yeah, I see it. I have a lot of examples to yeah. not do what they do. Yeah. Love your problems. Because someone else has got a set of problems that are a lot worse, probably. What is that saying? Um, many people that would love to have what you complain about or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, one of my problems is there's so much I want to do, I don't have enough time in the day. And sometimes it's kind of frustrating. And then I remember, oh, this is a great problem. You know, I get overwhelmed with all the land I have here. And it's like, oh man, managing two acres in the jungle is so much work. You get to always battle back the weeds and these invasive species. And it's like, ah, but this is so fun. I get to play farmer. Remember when you prayed for this? <laughs> exactly, right. Ah, but I wanted a two acres in the jungle that didn't require weeding. <laughs> I should have been more specific. Right. Oh, you wanted a self-weeding piece of land. <laughs> yeah. Monsanto. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I could go that route, then I'd have a whole different set of problems, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Then I could sue the company for hundreds of millions of dollars. But then all my time would be taken up in that suit. And then if I won, the lawyer would take a third of it. It's just choices, problems, arising phenomena. Yeah. So I know we're at time here. Any last thoughts? This is useful. How quickly can you get to that laughing place of like, wow, it's raining on me again? A lot quicker than I used to. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's the art of self-management. Can you just shorten the time every time? All right. I hope to see you Thursday. Until then, keep laughing. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. 
Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.